everyone must be feeling like I am this morning. Man, it's just like one of those mornings where you're just like, it's really hard to get out of bed. <laughs> um, yeah. I could be uh I could be like the weather channel, like I'm right. <laughs> I'm in a hurricane. Uh, all right. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Colossians chapter three. I'm gonna continue on in a series of sermons we were doing. Um I kind of feel like I should tell everyone to get up and start doing uh jumping jacks or something to get us moving, get our blood moving, but that's okay. Um we we can uh we can have a lazy Sunday morning, right? Was it Eddie Money that sang, or Eddie Rabbit that sang, I love, us, uh, I love a rainy night? Yeah. Last night, I think everyone's still in that kind of that malaise from last night, you know, in that, uh, that rainy night. So We're going to continue on in a series of sermons that we've been doing uh, in Colossians. Calling, we call it Fail Forward, and, and this is a study of the book of Colossians. Paul is writing, as a reminder to you all, Paul is writing this letter to the uh, Colossians, and the Colossians are a relatively new church, young church, and they have allowed themselves to slip into some of their old behaviors that they had before they knew Christ. And so we have a ugly mix, if you will, of the Christianity that Jesus died on the cross for, and the old religion and their old self mixed together and came and coming together in this view. So Paul is writing this letter to them to say, hey, listen. In fact, Paul is, I think, relatively calm and nice in this letter compared to some of the other letters and some of the other things Paul has said to others. Uh, But Paul is trying to encourage the Colossians to say, listen, you've made a mistake, it's okay, figure out how to move forward. And the way to move forward is obviously to put on the whole armor of God and to follow Jesus Christ. And so when we look at the book of Colossians, we come to this chapter 3, and Paul has, in chapter 1 and 2, has been reminding us of what it means to follow Christ. And he's encouraging the Colossians to to look towards Christ and to look at Christ and to do all those things. And then all of a sudden in Colossians chapter 3, as I said in Colossians 1 and 2, Paul has been fairly nice and fairly calm-mannered, if you will, in the way that he has expressed to the Colossians. But then comes Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, Paul leaves nothing out, and he puts everything on the line. And he's very direct with the Colossians. He's very direct with them, telling them what they need to do. And in fact, let's just jump right now into Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, I have to say that this is, Paul has 
forward on from chapter 2 to chapter 3, and he says at the end of chapter 2, which I did not have up here, but just want, I'll read it for you. It says, knowing that from the Lord you have received inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. Verse 25, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. And Paul then jumps right in and says, but, or if, then you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Paul is expressing to the Colossians, saying, listen, if you have done wrong, it's, there, is, there is this thing that you know, we have to understand. He, he says in verse 25 of chapter 2, for the wrongdoer will be paid back. And Paul is going on to say, you know, we talked last week about this great struggle about being in love and unity and those things. And, but Paul is being very direct with them saying, listen, we have to, in fact, I read the wrong verse. That's why I was looking at this going, what am I doing? Uh, verse 2 of 23 of chapter 2 says, these indeed have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion aestheticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Paul goes on then in chapter 3 to say, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. What he's encouraging the Colossians to do is to walk away from all of the things they have done, walk away from all those things, and to remember that Christ is on the throne. He is up. Above all of us. In fact, in verse, in chapter 3, in that very first chapter, he says, if then you have been raised with Christ. This idea of being raised with Christ, Paul is trying to get the Colossians to understand it. Listen, you are no longer having to live down here in this earth. You no longer have to worry about the things of this earth because you have been raised with Christ. See, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we accept for who he is for our life, we are raised with him. What that means is it's very important to understand. Being raised with Christ means that we no longer are asked or no longer expected to live in the sinful world that is in here, around us. You've heard me often say before in the past that we are not, this is not our home. That we are aliens in a world that we don't belong in. If you are with Christ, this is only a temporary stopping place. This is a place that we are here for however many years the Lord blesses us with our lives here. But eventually our home, our eternity, is in heaven. Paul says, not only have you been raised with Christ, but seek the things that are above where Christ is. He tells you not to seek the things of this world, not to seek the troubles of this world and where we are at. In fact, he says, turn your eyes on Christ. Look and understand that we are seated with him. We are raised with him. And so therefore, look, seek the things of Christ. See, too often we make a mistake not to seek those things. Instead, we allow our mind to start to wonder and fall into the temptations of this world. It all starts upstairs, as I say on this slide, and what I mean by that is really the first step that Paul says is that you have to start thinking right. You gotta stop the stinking thinking, 
as I think it was Joyce Myers that said that, right? Joyce Myers said, stop the stinking thinking. But that's a great comment because we all have to do that. Stop thinking like you don't serve the God who's raised above all. You serve a God. If you have accepted Jesus Christ and you truly mean it and he is inside your heart, then you serve a God who is above and you have to stop thinking like you don't serve a God who is above. That means every situation we face, everything that we go on, everything that we comes against us, we have to understand that we are serving the King of Almighty, the Almighty King, the greatest and all of all things, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one who created us. We no longer have to fall to the temptations of this world. We no longer have to worry about the things of this world. Why? Because our final home is in heaven and we are raised with him. Nothing really changes unless we do think our, unless we do think, unless we do change our thinking. Let me try that again. Our minds are a powerful thing. If we don't change our thinking, then we can often be dragged back into the same previous behavior we had before we came to know Jesus Christ. Have you ever, I used to do this all the time. It was, it was interesting. When I was in the business world, I would sit in my office and, you know, you could always tell. If you've ever worked in a business office and, and in a business environment, you know that when they start having meetings at the top level and then they start calling individual people into these meetings, you know it's not a good sign. That usually means you better get your stuff packed in a box because there's some cuts and some layoffs going on, right? And so I used to, when I was in the business world, I used to sit there and I used to allow my mind, I, I could see what was going on. You could hear the whispers and the things going on. And I used to think to myself, man, I'm probably going to be let go today. And I start thinking about this in my mind. I think about, what am I going to do? Where am I going to find a new job? And all of these things. And I just let my mind take control of my body and my heart rate would start to pump. And then I'd start getting nervous and I'd start getting sick to my stomach and all of these things. And then I had to realize, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm allowing my mind to ruin my day. Have you ever ever had a really bad dream at night? Really bad dream, like a nightmare? And you wake up the next morning and you're in a bad mood? (laughs) I've done that before. You can ask my wife. You know, you wake up in the morning and she goes, what's going on? Nothing. Leave me alone. (laughs) What? I'm really mad at you. What'd you do? What'd I do? I didn't do anything. In my dream you did. (laughs) You yelled at me in my dream. Oh, that's in your dream, honey. No, it's not. It's real. I feel that way. You know, it's amazing that our minds can actually control our bodies in that way. That in a dream world, in this, in this uh, dream state that, that we're in, uh, I mean, why do I, I've been watching too much uh, Stranger Things, right? Because I'm thinking of the upside down and all of those things. Oh, my goodness. So, but anyway, in this dream world that we're in, when we're dreaming and we're having these things, what happens is that in our mind, we begin to think these things, and it can change our emotions. It's crazy, but what Paul is saying to the Colossians is that if you really want to change, if you really want to be different, then you have to change your thinking. You have to begin to think, and you've got to begin to tell yourself different things. In the business world, when this, all these layoffs are happening, I had to... I had to protect my mind. I had to say, I know what I'm doing. I know I do a good job. I know that I can succeed, so it's not me. And if I do, if I am let go, I'm fine. I'll find somewhere else. And I had to say, in fact, one, uh, this one particular time, 
all of these layoffs were going on, and what I did was I crafted an email. And in the email I said, listen, we need not to be worried about where we're going and what our future is because our future isn't in the hands of the people that are laying us off. Our future is in our own hands. And I said, in my particular case, my future is in the hands of the Lord, and I know that the Lord will protect me and guide me and strengthen me and send me to the place where I need to be, and I need to overcome that. And I ended up sending this out to uh, some of my friends that were in the company. Well, it actually uh, whittled itself down to the HR department, and the HR department got a hold of this letter, this email, and much to my unbelief, they sent it out to the whole entire company because they liked what it said. And I began to think to myself, you see, if we change our thinking and we stop wondering, is so-and-so talking about me? Did Chaz just give me a dirty look because I read something wrong? He did, but that's okay. <laughs> he just gave me a dirty look because he knows I can golf better than him. That's okay, though. <laughs> no. But no, we have to have this, you know, you think about this, how often... You know, I, I have this habit of, and you can ask my wife, I have this habit of going, you know, just sighing heavily. And everyone goes, are you okay? Are you mad? No, I'm not mad at all. I'm just relaxing. That's my way of letting it all out and just relaxing, getting to this place. But you see, it all begins in our mind because we allow our mind to think. We see things that are happening around us, and we immediately play out these futuristic things in our mind. This person's bad at me. I'm getting fired. I don't have this. I don't have this. This person's going. And all of these things are happening in our mind where if we just stop and say, listen, I need to raise my thinking up because what Paul says to the Colossians is that if you are raised with Christ, then you must look and seek the things upwards, not downwards. It all starts with changing our thinking. Jesus, in his own way, would have us think completely different than the way we would. I don't have this. um, Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 30. If you want to turn there, you can. But I'll have it up here on the screen, too. It says, but if you say to you, but I say to you here, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Now, wait a minute. This is Jesus' own words speaking. This is not our mindset. You know, we often say that uh, Jesus often has said to us in, in Scripture, but we often repeat that too. His way is not my way. His thinking is not my thinking. You want to see exactly why his thinking is not my thinking? This is a perfect verse right here. But I say to you, who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. I don't want to do good to those who hate me. What do I want to do? I want to do bad back to them, right? They hate me? Fine, hate me, I don't care. I'll hate you back. Right? But that's not what Christ says. Christ says, love those, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. And then he goes on and says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. It's an NIV translation. This is amazing, right? Now listen, I... I want to say um, that if you're in a... I want to pause here for a moment because the NIV uses this word abuse. And if you're in an abusive relationship, uh, do not stay in that abusive relationship. If you have a... If, if you're a female in an abusive relationship or if you're Johnny Depp and you're with Amber Heard, you should get out of that relationship, right? No, but serious. I mean, in all, in all sincerity, if you're in an abusive relationship, you don't stay there and you don't continue to get abused. Remove yourself from that situation. That doesn't mean that you have to go and get a divorce, but remove yourself and don't be taking that abuse. 
But what Jesus says to us is, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Jesus doesn't say, sit there and take it. He says, pray for them. It's amazing, because this is thinking that is not ours, right? Any one of us, if we would tell the truth, isn't thinking in this way. Our thinking is that when someone does something wrong to us, what is exactly what we want to do? We want to do something wrong back to them. Jesus doesn't just stop there. He goes on and he says, to those, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. I often joke that if someone strikes me on this cheek, here you go, I'll give you the other cheek. No, I'm sorry. I won't. But no, the truth of the matter is that if Jesus, if Jesus is telling it to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give everyone, give to everyone, let me move, my finger's not working today. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. This is amazing. This is Jesus speaking. This is not our thinking. Do you understand this? This is not, I, I, can, I can honestly sit up here and tell you that this is not my thinking. When someone does something wrong to me, the very first thing I want to do is I want to get angry. Oh, I want to get back to them. I want to I respond in my anger, but Jesus tells us not to. Why? Because Jesus is teaching us to raise our thinking to ratchet it up, go to the next level. Don't stay down here. This is the way the world responds. This is the way that I respond. This is the way that humans respond. But God, Jesus, in his own words, are saying, raise up your thinking. And then let's move back to Colossians chapter 3, where Paul is saying, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. See, when we are in Christ, we are able, we, we, God gives us the power, as difficult as it may still be. Listen, I've been a Christian since I was 16 years old. It's been a long time. And I still have a problem when someone does something wrong to me that I want to respond. But if I pause and I don't respond immediately, normally God calms my heart. It's when I respond immediately out of that anger that something happens that should not happen. We were just talking about that this morning, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> but when we set our minds on things that are above, then we can set our mind on Christ. Jesus was loving. Jesus was all of these things. And Paul is responding to the Colossians saying, listen, if you love each other, don't respond out of anger. Don't respond in the way that the earth would respond. Don't respond in the way that your neighbors who don't know Christ would respond. Respond in the way that Jesus wants you to respond and how he would respond to these situations. It begins with our thinking in our minds. Just to remind you again, it all starts upstairs. Paul is sure to challenge us to start thinking and focusing on the things of heaven and not on this earth. If you are with Christ, if you have asked him into your heart, start thinking about him and what he will what he says to do. Not with the earth, not with the people of this earth. Listen, we are in some drastic times in this world. Wasn't going to say much about this, but you know in the coming days there's going to be a dividing line that's coming very quickly. Roe versus Wade is probably going to be turned overturned in the near very near future. 
Yeah, and, and I, in, in many ways, I celebrate that. I do. But I also know that it's going to be a dividing line in our nation. And there's going to be, you can, you can see a lot of things that are going to go on. And so you as Christians, we as Christians, have to have this understanding that we are entering into a time and a place in this world where we have to stand up and say, what are we going to do? How are you going to respond? See, the biggest problem, though, is that, <laughs> Amy, are you really that cold? If you're that cold, you guys can go turn off that fan. Somebody could walk out there and turn that fan off if, if it's that cold up front there. Okay. I see the men are sitting up front and the ladies are in the back, right? The men are like, this is a perfect temperature, right? We're sitting there, yeah, this is good. Leave me alone. I'm okay. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> But listen, what's happening though, unfortunately, is that Christians who should be thinking on above and are thinking upwards and thinking like Christ are instead being lulled asleep in this world. We have Christians who are so worried about the things of this earth and the things of this world that we forget to raise our thinking. We forget to seek the things up here because we're seeking the things down here. We're seeking retribution for problems in our life and the way that people have gone against us. We're seeking financial gain instead of seeking the Lord. We're seeking all of the things that we want instead of what the Lord wants for us. And what's happening is instead of us seeking the Lord, we're seeking these things down here and we're being lulled to sleep. there's ever a time for the church in America to wake up, it's now. Because we're going to need some rather high thinking to battle what's coming. We're going to need some people who are willing to be loving towards those that even though they disagree with you. See, what has happened is over the course of time, we have disagreed with others, and when we disagree with them, that means that we're enemies. The world tells us today that if you disagree with someone, you're an enemy. That is far from the truth. That is exactly why last week when we talked about Colossians 2, Paul says that one of the hardest things, his struggle, is to see the people of the Lord come together in unity and love. This fits very amazingly well with what's going on today. We have to start looking up, thinking up, and start acting in a way and seeking the Lord instead of seeking these things. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11. And now, let let me say, this is where Paul starts to hit it, right? He's not only going to say, listen, stop, stop. He's not, I would say in the last chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Colossians, he's been pretty upfront, but he hasn't really hit to the real issues until we get to here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Now he's starting to call things out. And he says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is adultery. Let's pause there before we go over to the next verse and reread this, just to make sure. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is adultery. Listen, is sex wrong? No, it's not. In the marriage world, it's the most wonderful thing. 
in the context of the relationship of marriage, it is made to bring two people together. That is the most wonderful, and it's a huge blessing from the Lord. I'm not afraid to say that from the pulpit, even though we have some younger ears in here. That is a blessing from God. When it becomes a problem is when it's immoral. And the world has made that very immoral today. It doesn't take you very long to watch something on Netflix or HBO or Showtime or Skinamax or any of those things, right? It's the truth. You turn on the TV at any moment, and now it's even creeping into the local, into the ABC, NBC, and CBS, right? It's no longer in those cable channels. It's now just blatantly on any TV channel you turn on. It is becoming very immoral. He goes on, Paul goes on to say impurity. What's impurity? Impurity is anything that is not pure. So if your thinking is not of God and it's not pure with Christ, then your thinking here could be called impure. Passion. Is passion wrong? No, passion for the Lord is awesome. Passion Community Church. One of the reasons why we have our name, because we have a passion for Christ. That's a wonderful thing. Passion outside of Christ, and that's passion for those things that are immoral are not good. Evil desire. (laughs) Evil desire can be anything that is not... Your desires can be evil by simply saying... I'm really angry at someone and I want them to be I want them to pay for what they did for me. That's evil desire, right? When someone has wronged you and your desire is for them to be wronged back, that could be considered evil desire. Covetness. Have you ever looked at your neighbor's wife and said, I no, let me let me rephrase that. Have you ever looked at your neighbor's uh, tractor and say, I want that tractor? Right? I want that four-wheeler, I want that truck, I want that Mustang, I want that Cor my neighbor down the street with me has this beautiful red Corvette and he's racing it. And so he he works on it, and about once a week, he will just come flying on the road on this car, and I look at it every day going, oh, that's so nice. And then I have to remind myself, Jason, that's covetous. Quit coveting your neighbor's car. Because <laughs> Jesus actually, or Paul goes on to say, which is idolatry. Let's move on. Verse 6 says, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Now listen, this is a problem. We just read this list. Why is God, why is... The, the wrath of God coming because of this list. I, I often, I mean, I don't know how much of your Old Testament history you know, but if you go back and you read Sodom and Gomorrah and see the things that were going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Sodom and Gomorrah was an evil place. Why was it so evil? Well, it was evil because men were seeking unnatural relationships with other men. They were seeking out. They were raping. They were doing all of these things. They were, they were going into Lot's house to get the angels that the Lord had brought there to find out if this was a bad place. And they wanted to have relationships with them. <laughs> That's putting it politely, right? And what does Lot do? Lot goes, don't take these men. Here, here are my, here are my daughters. What? You live in a place that it's okay to do that? And people would be okay with that? That's the world that was living in. Now let me pause there for a moment and say, the world we live in today isn't much better. The world we live in today, I just heard a news report the other day, a mom had prostituted his or her daughter out to men so that she could get drugs. 
that's an evil desire. That is a that is immorality as there has ever been. Now listen, God's wrath is coming. It's coming for this nation, it's coming for this world, it's coming for all things. It has to, because if God doesn't come and deal with the wrath and deal with the things that is going on here in our nation and here in our country and here in this world that isn't any better than what uh, Sodom and Gomorrah did, then it makes God a liar. Because he punished Sodom and Gomorrah, you think he's going to allow this to stand? No, he's not. One day, God will come. And Paul says, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. Paul is reminding the Colossians, you once walked in that way. You once walked in those things. You had evil desires inside of you. You didn't know how to follow Christ. You had immorality. You had uh, uh, idolatry. You had all of these things. You weren't thinking above. You were thinking down below. And so you were, you were participating in these things. So Paul is reminding them of these things. But then he says, but now you must put them all away. And then he goes on to give us another list. It's not just sexual immorality. What is it? It's anger. It's wrath. It's malice. It's slander. It's obscene talk from your mouth. Paul is going ahead and saying, listen, I'm not going to just stop at sexual immorality. I'm going to go even further. So just, to, just in case you say, it's okay, pastor. I'm not, I'm not immoral in my sexuality. I'm okay. You know, I love my wife and we, that's all it has. Well, okay. Have you ever been angry? Have you ever wanted wrath? I have. I'll be honest with you. Have you ever had malice, slander, obscene talk come from your mouth? <laughs> Every single one of us, if we were honest with ourselves, would say, yes, we've had these things. And Paul is telling us very clearly, put them all away. Don't hang on to them. That is what your old self, that is what the world, the earthly world around us looks like. Put them away. Get rid of them. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. How many of us have lied to someone in the past? I'm sure every single one of us should raise our hand because that is true. Pastor Jason, this is Paul. Will you come help me put up the uh, gazebo in my backyard? <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry, Paul. <coughs> I got a little bit of a sore throat. I don't want to come forward. I think I'm going to just lay in bed here tonight. Just kidding. I didn't do that to Paul. If you're, if you're wondering, I did not do that, okay? I'm just giving you a situation. <laughs> but, right, but. Paul reminds them, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off your old self with his practices. And you have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ in all and Christ is all and in all. Now let me pause just to explain what Paul is saying here. Other than we went through all of these things, you know what Paul is saying, but what Paul is saying is put on the new self. See, when you accept Jesus Christ, you have an opportunity to put on a new self. You don't have to deal with it. You don't have to continue being the way that you always were. Jesus gives you an opportunity to seek him. When we seek higher things, it's like putting on the new clothes, if you will. 
And Jesus is, and what Paul is reminding us is that when we do this, we have these things. We can able to put these on this new self. We're going to get into more of that in a moment here. But what he's saying in verse 11, here is not Greek, Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all in and all. What he's saying is that literally one of the arguments that the Colossians were seeing and that was going on at this time was that Christianity was just for the Jews and it wasn't for the it wasn't for the Greeks. Christianity was for those that were raised in the temple and were Jewish uh, life. That was one of the arguments that was going on at the time. If you were raised as a Jew, that means you are God's chosen people, and so therefore Christ came for those chosen people. That's what certain people were saying, and what Paul is saying, no, it's not just for the it's not just Greek and Jew. And then there was another argument going on and saying that you're only really following Christ if you're a circumcised. If you're uncircumcised, then you weren't really following Christ. So there's this argument going on. And then there's also an argument about barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. He's going on and saying these are the arguments that are going on in this world. And what he's saying is that Christ is all. He didn't come just for a certain person. He didn't come just for the pastor. He didn't come just for Chaz. He came for all of us. He came for every single one of us that's in this room. There is no delineation in Christ. Christ sees us all as his servants and, and his created ones, the ones that he created. Us. We all to him are the same. There is no different. I am no different than you. You are no different than her. She's no different than her. Everyone is the same in the view and the vision of God when we are in Christ. Christ is all and in all. Paul is reminding them that Christ is not just in certain people, but he is in all of us. See, if we really want to move forward, then we have to understand that we have to die to ourselves. What Paul is reminding the Colossians in these verses is that there can't be two of us. There can't be an old self that wants to dabble in the world and dabble in what we always did, and then someone that comes up on Sunday morning and puts all their nice clothes on and says, okay, I'm putting on Christ because I'm going to church on Sunday morning. That doesn't work. There has to be just one of us. And that means you have to make a choice because the world and Christ is asking you to make a choice. That is the biggest theological statement that I could make from there and it probably went flying over all of you. But you all have a choice to make. That choice is, do you want to be the way that you always were or do you want to be the way that Christ wants you to be. You have to decide. You have to view this. You have to understand that you have to die to yourself. That's not fun. It's not exciting. No one signs up to die to themselves. No one signs up to say, I want to do these things that are going to kill me. No, you don't do that. But in that vision of what we are doing, what when we die to ourselves over here, what we're doing is saying yes to Jesus. When we say no to these things, I'm not going to allow myself to get angry in the way that I got angry in the past. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm not going to view those websites and those movies and those types of things that I shouldn't view because there's sexual immorality there. We're dying to ourselves there and we're saying yes to Christ. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to do all of those things. Instead, I'm going to look for Jesus and I'm going to speak love. We are choosing to do that. That means we're dying to ourselves. We must make a choice. Jesus is not going to force you to do anything. It is your choice to make, but it's your choice to understand. Do you want to put on the, do you want to keep a hold of the old clothes or do you want to put on the new clothes? 
Paul, through this list, is trying to make sure that he understands and that every single person has no excuse. He says, oh, I've done all of those things. I'm good in all of those things, Paul. No. He says all of this list because he wants every Colossian to know that they must choose. You know what? I, I... I, as I was preparing this, I was thinking to myself, I am so tired of fake Christianity. I'm so tired of those that say, hey, I, I, I'm a Christian now. I live for the Lord. I accepted the Lord. I said the words. I believe in my heart. All of those things. And then as soon as they leave the church on Sunday or they lose the presence of someone who is in a Christian, they go back to doing the thing that they always did. Now, I'm not going to get into the theological statement. Are they really saved or are they not saved? Who knows? That's not up for me to decide. That's the Lord's decision to decide. But what I knew, do know is what the Lord says in, in Scripture is that if we are in the vine, we will produce fruits. Those that don't produce fruit, guess what happens? Get cut off and thrown into the fire. Right? And so what happens is that Paul is explaining to the Colossians, make a choice. And what I'm saying to you is stop being, if you're here today and you've accepted Jesus Christ, then start living like Him. Start seeking Him. Stop living like this world. It's done. We, we, we can't have fake Christianity. Fake Christianity doesn't work. Your salvation stamp on your behind because you said the words, I believe in Jesus Christ, isn't enough. It's not enough to change this world. What we're going into, in the, in the, I believe, in the very near future, is that we're going to have to be Christians who are strong in our faith and strong in the presence of the Lord. And if we're not there, we're going to be in some trouble. And so I'm asking, I'm encouraging, I'm pleading with you, stop the fake Christianity and make a decision. Make a choice right now. Are you going to live for this world or are you going to live for Christ? And if you're going to live for Christ, then start acting like it. Start seeking the things above, not the things of this world. Stop acting like your neighbors who don't go to church. Stop saying the same words that they say. Stop doing the same actions that they do. Stop doing all of those things and start doing the things that Christ wants you to do. Because if you don't live for Him, what you're doing is you're showing the world a really ugly picture. I would, now listen, this is some strong words. And I contemplated about saying this or not, but I'm going to say it. I would rather you not come to church and live like the world. Because what you're doing is you're confusing the people around you. If you come to church and you say you're a Christian, but you act the way you, you always act, you do the same things that you've always done, then what are you doing? Let's be honest. If you're not changing and your heart's not changing and the Lord's not working inside of you, then who is inside of you that's working? It's called the world and it's called the devil. And it's a time when we as Christians have to take this decision and say, what am I going to do? Do I want every person to follow Christ? Yes, I do. Even those that are on the fence. Even those that are lukewarm. You know what Revelation says about lukewarm Christians, right? you don't know, God's going to spit those people out of his mouth. That's what he says. Why is it that we hang on to the old stuff so easily but fail to grasp the very thing that can truly save us and make our life better? 
has this world given has, has this world has such a strong grip on us that we want to stay in the muck and the mire and the ugliness and the mud instead of coming to the cleanness of who Christ is and the beauties of who he is yes we have to die to ourselves and yes that's not easy but the payoff is so much better the beauties of what Christ does inside of us i can sit here and tell you over and over and over again story after story the beauties of what Christ has done in people who have accepted him who live for him, who walk in him. And the things that they had to give up, the things that they walked away, good rhythms. They should have been left a long time ago. The problem is that we still hold on to that selfish greed. The truth is we would rather wallow in our self-pity the pain of our old sins. We're selfish because we don't want to work and love for others like the way Christ wants us to do. We think the payment or the price is too much. We think that somehow we're unable to do that. And let me tell you, you are. On your own, you're unable to get over your old self. It's with Christ who gives us the power and the ability to move forward. You know, it's easier to whine and complain than it is to say, I'm actually going to do something about it. That's why oftentimes you find people that complain about things and they always constantly, constantly complain. Why? Because it's easier to complain than to actually get up off your hands and go do something about it. Hated that in the business world. I hate that in the church. I hate that everywhere. Listen, if you're going to come to me and you're going to whine and complain about something, then come with a solution and do something about it. Your whining and complaining does absolutely nothing about it. Oh, pastor, I don't like this. Do something about it. Oh, I don't like this. Well, then come up with a different solution. We have choices to make, and the choice is whether we're going to live for this world or live for Christ. And he's calling us to die to ourselves. Verse 9 through 10 says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put your old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. He goes on in verse 12 to say, but, or put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these things, all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching you and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with a thankfulness in our hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Listen, church, it's time to stop playing church. It's time to put on the new self. It's time for the Christians who say they are followers of Jesus Christ to stand up and say, I want to rid myself of this old stinking clothes. I want to get rid of the holes. I want to get rid of the garbage. I want to get rid of everything that I have inside of me. And I want to put on that new suit. I want to, well, if you don't like new suit, new blue jeans, right? I want to put on those new clothes. 
those comfortable clothes that fit, that are beautiful right out of the, you know, the, the, the clothes that don't wrinkle and the, the clothes that are just spotless without stain. I want to put those things on. What Paul is saying is, listen, it's time to start acting like Jesus Christ. You have a choice in everything that you do. He says in verse 17, and do, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. How do we do that? How do we put on the newness of Christ? How do we look like Jesus? Well, Paul is making sure that the Colossians don't miss out on anything. And so he says in verse 12, put on, the, put on then as God chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Do you have a compassionate heart? Do you care for people around you? Do you care that the world around you is dying and going to hell? Because that's the truth. The truth is that the people around us, if we don't have compassionate hearts for them, who will? Kindness, do you, are you kind? Do people look at you and say, you're one of the most kindest person I know? Do you really care for people? That's what Jesus is calling you to do. Do you have humility? Do you humble yourself? Or do you say, I'm the most important person? When you walk in a room, do you make everyone else bow to you? Or do you humble yourself to them? Do you have meekness and patience? Meekness is not weakness, by the way. Meekness is power under control. Do I control the power? Do I have the ability to put someone down? Do I have the ability to put someone in their place? Absolutely I do. One of the biggest things that I learned in my business career was that even though I had the ability to put someone in their place, sometimes the best thing was not to do that. It's to love them anyway. And help them learn what they're doing. I could go in there and say, listen, you made a huge mistake and you cost the company thousands and thousands of dollars. If I had enough time, I'd tell you this wonderful story. But a man who literally cost the company almost $500,000. He worked on my team. <laughs> and my boss came to me one day and he said, a short, a short side of the story. You got to fire him. You can't have anyone here. No, he made a mistake. It was an ultimate mistake. It was, it was truly a mistake. Did I have the ability to go in that room and berate him, to yell at him, to make him feel really small and little? Absolutely I did, because I was right in every way, shape, or form. But did I do it? No, I didn't. Put my neck on the line for him and said, I want him to stay. If he makes another mistake like this, then you can fire me and my boss goes, deal one of the best persons on my team. In fact, I would rehire this man wherever I go because he was fantastic. God is calling us as chosen ones of him to be holy and beloved, to be compassionate, to have hearts and compassionate hearts and be kind, to be humble, to have meekness and patience. Paul goes on to say, bear with one another, forgive each other. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Will you stand with me, please? Church, I think, I I don't think I know 
that as believers in Christ, this world we live in is a really messy, ugly, messed up place. And it's going to take believers that have the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit working in them to change this world. Scripture promises us that there will be another great uh, revival. Do you know that? Even in the midst of how ugly this world is and how crazy it is, there will be another great revival before the end of times. But that revival is going to be led by those that look like Christ, not look like this world. In fact, I believe what has been going on for the last two, three years with COVID and everything else is that there's been a great shaking of the church. And those that follow Christ, who believe in Christ, are those that will remain in Him. Those that were on the fence or not really there are the ones that are choosing to fall away from this world. They're fall away from their faith and go look more like the world around us. I believe that's just going to continue on happening. Decision after decision is going to be made as we fast approach the time where the Lord is going to return to this earth. My question is, when he does return, where is he going to find you? And in what clothes is he going to find you? Are you going to be looking like your old self? Or are you going to look like Christ? Are you going to look like the world? Are you going to talk like the world? Are you going to respond like the world? Or are you going to respond like Jesus Christ? We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world, which means we have to be, we have to learn to love. We have to learn to divide. We have to learn to speak the truth in love and all of those things to give people a reason why they should come to know the greatest thing that ever happened to each and every one of us if we follow Jesus Christ is that we're supposed to be there doing that. We're not supposed to look like them, though. We're not supposed to respond in the way that we always respond. It's time put on love to put on the new self that Jesus gives to us and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him let's pray Father we give you glory honor and praise today Lord I just want to pray I know today that this message Lord, I know this is a message from you because it's convicting my heart. It's convicting me. If it doesn't convict anyone else, that's fine, but you're convicting my own heart, Father, to stop looking and acting and doing the things that this world would do and start doing the things that you have called us to do. To stop responding in our old self, but responding in the way, Jesus, the way that you would have us to respond. And so, Lord, I pray today in this place, whether we're here in this room or you're watching online, that we can make a decision today to put on a new self. It's not just merely saying words to have salvation. Salvation means so much more than that. Salvation doesn't just mean I'm going to say the right words, Lord. You mean when we say, when we ask you into our hearts and you say that when we believe in our hearts that we have salvation because we are living for you. It's an ongoing relationship. It doesn't end there. And so, Father, I pray for every single person that's in and across this room and that's listening online that they can begin to put on the new self, put on the new version of Jesus Christ. And if they're here today and they've given their life to Christ, then may they look like you. May they seek 
the things above and not below. May they seek the things of Christ and not the things of this world. May they seek to love. May they seek to have compassionate hearts. May they seek to be humble. May they seek to be kind. May they seek seek to be meek, Father, in all the things that they do. And Lord, we pray. We may have made mistakes over the past years of our lives, Father, but today we come to you because you are a God who forgives and a God who loves us. And so we come to you today saying, Father, forgive us. We're making this decision. We're making and proclaiming today that I'm going to seek after you. I'm not going to seek after the things of my old self or my old way or the old world. I'm going to seek the things of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you really mean that, then let's proclaim that today. Let's seek after that today. Father, I pray for every single person that's in this room. May they come to that decision in this place to seek after you in all things. Because you deserve that so much more, Father. Help us, guide us, and strengthen us as we walk this path to becoming more like you in everything that we do and say. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together. And all I see is a battle. You see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see the mountain. And as I walk through the surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, but I'm safe. So when I find I find all what I need, my head's I'll sing through the night, oh God, I'll be lost to you. And if you are full, who can be against me? Jesus says nothing impossible for you. When I see on the edges, you see the beauty. i 
go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our Lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Yes, Lord, the battle does belong to you. We come here today, Father, as those that need you. We know we need to change. Those that are here or those that are watching online, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you did and you didn't really mean it, haven't put on the new self, then today is a perfect day to do that. It's a simple prayer, but it's a complex relationship that God loves us even though we're sinful. We just simply say to him, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are king. Come into my heart. my Savior, my King, that you are. When we say those words, what we're saying is that we want to have a relationship with Him. I want to move forward every single day with Him. I want to choose to seek the things above and not below, as Paul says. You're here today and you've already said those words but for some reason your life hasn't been that life where you seek the things above, then may today be that day where you say, Lord, today I have my salvation in you because you are so awesome and so great, but I'm going to seek the things above. Seeking is a verb. That means I'm going to try. I'm going to go after. I'm going to look for wherever it is, whatever I have to do, I'm going to go after it. So Lord, today, cause us to be seekers of the truth, seekers of you, Father. 
you're worthy of all of these things, Lord, and so much more. And so we pray, Father, as we prepare to leave this place today, as we prepare to go out into this world around us, let us seek love, let us seek humbleness, let us seek kindness, let us seek meekness, let us seek you, Father, above all things. Guide us and strengthen us. Give us the words to speak, to change the world around us, to bring more people to the love and honor and grace of Jesus Christ. Help us to do that today, Lord, as we leave prepare to leave this place. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you will do. pray that as you leave this place, you remember that the Lord is the Lord of all, and that you seek Him in all that you do. I hope you have a wonderful week. God bless you all, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.